Hey, welcome to In Doubt. This week on the show, I talk with the CEO for Back to the Bible Canada, Ben Lowell. We talk about handling stress well, working through transitions, and some big news for In Doubt coming up. I think there's an expectation put on millennials, especially in our culture, to go and live this extraordinary life. Travel, buy this, do that. Those things are good, and if they come, go for it. But that expectation can be such a weight. Hey, welcome again to In Doubt. My name is Isaac, your host. Today on In Doubt, I have the privilege to sit down in studio with my friend Ben Lowell, someone who I've served alongside in ministry with for the past four years. We're going to be getting into things like stress, how to work through it, especially as a younger person. We're going to talk about transitions in life, and we're also going to announce some big news for the ministry of In Doubt. All this to come in just a moment. If you're new to In Doubt, then I'm happy to welcome you. This is a show that seeks to bring the gospel to the relevant issues of life and faith that we face every day, cultivating conversation. If you head to our site, you're going to find 145 conversations on various topics with Christian guests from around the world. We've talked about things like sexuality, mental health, marijuana, sexual abuse, dating, apologetics, music, history, alcohol, marijuana, evangelism, and more. As you can tell, we do talk about a wide variety of things. We also write articles and Bible studies, and you can find all that we have, all that we've written and produced at indoubt.ca if you live in Canada, or indoubt.com if you live in the States. Anyways, let's get into this week's conversation with Ben. With me today is Ben Lowell. He is the CEO of Back to the Bible Canada. He's been a good friend of mine. I've worked closely alongside of him for the almost last four years, I guess. That's right. Of working Even here, though so. this is the first time that I've ever been invited to be on the In Doubt podcast <laughs> after four years. You know, I've actually thought about it. I was like, I need to talk about yeah. leadership with Ben. But you know what? You're so busy doing oh, leadership yeah, stuff, right? Yeah, so. yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but we're going to turn the table. So we let are me just turn hand the it tables. over to Ben. Yeah. So this is an exciting time and that'll become more and more evident as we go along. But you know, Isaac, we're going to talk a little bit about transitions today. And, uh, you know, as I think about your life over the last number of years, actually, you, you've been involved in a lot of transitions. Uh, you came to Back to the Bible to be the host and the leader of In Doubt. Uh, that was a transition. You just left school. That was a transition. Uh, you've been married since. That was a transition. Now that uh, you were married not too long ago, and now you have a child, and uh, that's a transition. And now you're going into another transition, which we're going to talk a little bit about. But let me just talk about transitions, ask you. I mean, whenever you talk about transitions, there's stress involved in all of those things. And I think if we were to put you on a, on a graph, you would be in the high quadrant of stress right now. And I'm asking you, how do you deal with that? Yeah, no, it's interesting to, in retrospect, thinking back about my last, you know, almost four years at Back to the Bible, serving alongside here with the team, some of the most pivotal, you know, changes in my life have happened since working here. Like you just mentioned, marriage, child, leaving school, heading into a career. These are huge things. When I think about how to deal kind of with stress specifically, I mean, it, it, it has to come down to, to a few things. One, uh, faith. <laughs> okay. That, that is, I mean, that sounds so simple, but it's so crucial. I mean, I have friends that experience stress who are not believers, or if they are believers, they, uh, they're a little shaky in their, in their faith. And when that faith isn't firm, when it's not 
fixed on on an object as secure as God, the orthodox understanding of who God is, then stress rises. But I'm, I, I don't want to say that you uh, I mean, Christians can't experience stress. Of course, I did some study, I think last year, and I just said, if if you don't believe that Christians should experience any kind of anxiety, depression, or or stress, then you would have to say that Jesus and Paul uh, weren't Christians, yeah, but right. they, you know, they experienced that. But the other thing I would say, though, in addition to faith, is community. I mean, since 2010, so it's been eight years now, and that's obviously encapsulated uh, within my time here as well, I have had uh, one mentor, and I, I've really had the privilege for the last eight years have one mentor who's also been my pastor, and we've met regularly, and that has been huge. So not only my faith in a consistent God, but my regular um, opportunity to meet with someone to talk about some of these issues consistently with someone. And that was, that's been so huge. So I would just say off the top of my head, faith and community have been yeah. huge for me working and, through that. And you know, stress isn't unique to Isaac Dagno. No. <laughs> I mean, we have to be honest and say there's so many of us out there that are, are dealing with all different types of stress, all different seasons of life. And it's not oriented just towards young people or young adults or or more mature people such as myself. We deal with and face stress all the time as well. Uh, but when you've gone into this stress, I'm just thinking of your family situation now. I mean, you know, marriage is a beautiful thing, but marriage comes along with stress. And having that third person enter into your family, that, that little child that's so gorgeous and so beautiful and so quiet, well, a week later you get them home and it's not as quiet as you thought it might be and you become have the sleepless nights. What do you and, and your wife, Brett, what, what do you guys do to deal with the stress that you're involved with as a couple? Yeah, a few things I would say. Firstly, one of the things that my mentor told me a long time ago when I was completely oblivious to a lot of life things, this is a long time ago, <laughs> uh, probably about seven years ago, he just said we were driving to school one day because he worked at the Bible college that I went to and we both lived in the same city. So we were driving together and he just said to me, you know, when you're a bachelor and single, you don't know the selfishness that you actually have. And when I heard that, I was like, oh, am I selfish? And, you know, I never thought, you know, everyone who's selfish, they're kind of ignorant of it maybe. And I didn't really know that. And he said, when you're married or when you have a girlfriend, you find out, okay, I'm a little bit selfish here. You get married, you're like, oh my goodness, I'm really selfish. And then you have a child and then you're like, oh, I am so selfish. I have felt that, that the stress that can come when what you know is right and good, like leading your family selflessly, yeah. grinds up against your nature, which is selfishness. The stress that can come there of working through that is difficult and that provides a lot of difficulties. But when I think about my wife and I and how we deal with stress when it comes to marriage, but also having a child, one of the things that I think many millennials can learn from, and we're learning this as a couple, is to reject the culture's idea that you need to live a very fast-paced life. Mm -hmm. I mean, everything around us tells us we need to do this now. We need to buy this now. We need to have this experience, though it may be good, right now. We need to buy a house right now. We need to do this right now. And that can provide so much stress. But if you reject that mentally and in your heart, you know, Britt and I, we're like, we're okay that we're not buying a house right now. That's okay. Um, we're okay that every single night of the week, we're not going on an adventure somewhere. We're having our own adventure just, you know, at home, like going to bed early, you know, <laughs> things like that. And I mean, I'm not saying that everyone has to do this, but I think one of the ways that we battle stress is that we don't make ourselves have a stressful life yeah. um, by just keeping the main things, the main things. I mean, church community, do that. 
uh, your job, do that, and your family, do that. I think there's an expectation put on millennials, uh, especially in our culture, to go and live this extraordinary life, travel, buy this, do that. Those things are good. And if they come, you know, and it's reasonable, go for it. But that expectation can be such a weight. And it really does come down to, though, being intentional and striving for a value of balance. And so it leads me to my next question. You know, you've got all these changes going on. And over the last four years, you took on a significant responsibility. I mean, In Doubt had been in existence for about a year, year and a half when you came into its leadership. But the direction of In Doubt and how we were communicating what we wanted to communicate, a change to a different medium or a different focus on a different medium with the podcast and, and the radio program. And and it was a big responsibility, and in many many respects, you were a little bit of a one-man band as well. Even though you had some support around you, you were a little bit of a one-man band. And so how do you deal with that? Because, you know, in this day and age, like you say, all these things, all these priorities, I want to be successful. Uh, Whatever I choose to do in my career, I want to be the best at it. I want others to know how good I am, how dedicated I am, how hard I work. You know, that common thing we hear today when you say, well, how you doing? They say, well, I'm very busy. Yeah. As though it's a badge of honor that I'm overly busy. I'm exhausted. I'm stressed out. I'm not happy. Aren't I doing well? And that's sort of the feeling people get. So given the responsibilities you have business-wise or career-wise or vocation-wise, given the fact that you have a a wife that you're responsible to, uh, given the fact you have a child, and given the fact that you volunteer for many other things, including work at your own church, how do you balance those things and how do you not take your stress home from business? Yeah, no, that's, that, that is a great question. One of the things I remember thinking about, I think it was a year ago or maybe two years ago now, I was, I was just thinking about Acts, uh, the book of Acts. And here we have lots of busyness with, you know, Paul and Barnabas and Silas and Timothy. They're just going all over the place you know, doing parachurch ministry, really. Yeah. Uh, it's not just local church ministry. Apollos, you know, he was from Alexandria. He was in Ephesus. He was going to Corinth, preaching the gospel, doing these different things. And as I was thinking about it, I was like, you know, I needed a shift in my mindset because I really saw career and and job as sort of the way that kind of culture defines it. And that is you go, you do it, you go home sort of thing. And there's stigmas around it, like it's stressful, it's boring, you know, you got to get it done and then you go home and then that's where the fun stuff happens. But when I was reading Acts, I was like, this is their life. This is a lifestyle. And it really helped me think about it in the terms of we are participating figuratively in the book of Acts. Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, I did the math when I was thinking through this and I forget it now, but, you know, today we'd be somewhere like Acts chapter 1300 and something, you know? <laughs> so, but anyways, it really helped me think, okay, like when you think about career, if you're a millennial right now and you're thinking about your career, you're thinking about job, especially if it is uh, Christian related, like parachurch, you have to really see it not as I need, I have, it, it's a burden on me. Like I got to go and, and get this work done and then, and then leave. But you have to see it as I'm making a difference for the kingdom. It's kingdom work. And when you kind of have that mindset as, you know, this is kingdom work. When you go home, I'm not saying that it's not going to be stressful. You know, the kingdom work is kingdom work can be stressful. Paul was stressed, (laughs) things like that. But when you go home, it's not, you're not bringing menial stress to my wife, to my child, not bringing this this weight of of stress that's just because of my fatigue and the the fact that I, I hate what I'm doing and all that kind of stuff. I'm bringing stress that matters. 
I don't know if I'm answering your question yeah, exactly. I think, but. I think so. You know, and I think the other thing is that as you're talking, what you and Britt have then is a shared value. She understands and she embraces, in fact, she embraces it personally too, that shared value of the most important thing we are and do is kingdom business, is for God. It's our relationship to Christ. And you share that value together. Absolutely. And, you know, as people are listening right now, I just want to make it clear too that, you know, many young people, they have either jobs or careers that are nothing to do with, you know, that are Christian related. And I just want to say that we need to break this idea of the secular and the sacred. Everything is sacred. And if you have a, a career that has nothing to do with, you know, Christianity, exactly, specifically, you still do it to the glory of God and you can still do your kingdom work there and still share those same things with your spouse if you have one or your girlfriend or your boyfriend or with your friends and community. Yeah, that's right. And that's just not intuition. That's biblical, right? Right out of Colossians 3, uh, Paul talks about whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, Yes, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as a reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. So that's that sense that Everything I do, doesn't matter what I do, doesn't matter where I'm doing it, doesn't matter who I'm doing it for, I need to do it as though I'm doing it for Christ. Absolutely. So yeah. good. And, you know, the other thing, I just finishing up on that, that area is that, you know, I have an older son that's married, and I have a younger son who's yet to be married of who you know, and, and people listening might know is Jake. And uh, Jake is, I'm putting out an advertisement here, he's a single young man. <laughs> You'll love that. <laughs> You'll love that. And I'll give out his phone number later, but he's a single young man. But you know, I think what's interesting and I think what you would share is that these values need to be present prior to being married. You need to understand each other's hearts prior to be married and, and the priorities of your lives prior to marriage. And because if you try to change things after marriage, it can be very difficult. Absolutely. I think... I think the primary priority, and I, I mean, there are countless testimonies and stories of young marriages where they get together having not done what you said, yeah. and through lots of suffering, God redeems it, and that's awesome. But I think one of the priority ones that you're just talking about is just your faith in the Lord. I mean, there are so many things, but I would say the biggest is having that strong faith in in the Lord, I, I think that's really important that that we take our faith seriously first. Know know that all of your identity, all of your purpose, all of your meaning, all of your value is found in Christ. So you don't have to feel like you have to find that in someone else. That's great. You know, yeah. so that's great stuff. You know, we've talked about what's brought you to this point in your life, in your married life, as a father now, and in your vocation and your commitment to the Lord. Let's talk a little bit about what lies ahead. And I don't know how many of you who are listening today will understand or know that after about four years of hosting and leading in doubt, you're moving on to take a lead pastor role in a local church. And so I got to ask you about that. First of all, I'm very disappointed in you. No, that's not true. <laughs> you know, I, it's I'm, true. I'm, it's true. I'm disappointed, but I'm really excited for how God is leading you. But I got to ask you because a lot of people have come up to a lot of changes or are considering a lot of changes in their lives. A lot of people listening today are thinking, oh, what am I going to do about this, this foundational thing that's happening? And so I got to ask you, how did you come to the decision you've made to change sort of this vocational path? Well, I'll start personally. I think that pastoral ministry and other kind of very specific Christian-related you know, uh, vocations, there is a 
calling there. And I, you know, personally, this isn't for every vocation for everyone, but I'll just say personally first, when I had just turned 18 years old, I was in my first year of Bible college and I was, like I had mentioned, my mentor who was pastor who worked at the Bible college, we were driving together and there was a lull in our conversation. And for a lot of millennials, they've kind of grown up with this idea that, you know, silence is awkward and bad. <laughs> so I, I started getting anxiety. I was like, oh no, like something needs to be said. And without thinking, I just blurted out, I think God's calling me to be a pastor. And immediately my mind went to, that's a lie. Like, that, that's not true. Why are you saying that? And But before I had time to really think about it and like condemn myself for for lying, right away my mentor just said to me in the car, I've been waiting for you to say that. And then he started to list some of these characteristics and other things that he just saw in me that would fit to eventually pastor. And it was at that point there, you know, my one year Bible college commitment turned into four years and where I just said, I, I can't do anything unless it's going towards that bend. And then, but obviously, I mean, we can go into this longer. We only have a short period of time left, but coming on at Back to the Bible Canada has been such uh, a beautiful and powerful experience for me personally. I mean, I don't think any church would hire a 22-year-old pastor anyway. So, uh, <laughs> mind you, 25 is still quite young, uh, which I am now. But coming along here has been such a, an incredible place for me really to personally grow in my understanding of the Word of God, in my understanding of how to work with a team, in my understanding of young adults uh, across this nation. Uh, but anyways, going kind of to your question now specifically, it, it was a long process. It was a six-month process that I had to keep in just my heart and my mind and pray about it with my wife. A few things that I would say for those considering transitions, especially for big ones like this, is that you can't decide on your own. I think God will speak to you, obviously, through his word. If you want to know, how can I hear God's voice? Don't go purchase a book at your bookstore to learn how. Just read the Bible first. Pray. Open up to those close around you. Get them to speak into your life about it. And don't make it impulsively. (laughs) Take your time. Let it sit in your mind and sit in your heart. And if after a few months it's still there, there's been no red flags from those around you, um, and there's just nothing inside you that's saying that stop, you know, it's a closed door, yeah. then I think that can be, uh, it's very situational, but a clear indication that God is saying, you know what, go, go. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I want to encourage people, you know, if, if you feel like you're being called to vocational ministry, seek God for it. But I also want to encourage others, you may not be called to vocational ministry. And yet your calling can be just as significant, Absolutely. just as important. I'm thinking of the words of Paul in Ephesians where he says, therefore I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling. It's an inclusive statement. You're being called by God, Paul is saying. So whatever your situation, whatever your circumstance, now I think what you're saying is true, the same fundamental things. How do I understand my calling? Read God's word, Yeah. pray. Uh, allow the Spirit of God to speak to you in those quiet moments. Seek people you trust who can give you strong counsel about how God has gifted you and used you. But in every situation, in every circumstances, wherever you might be, trust God has called you and he has something significant uh, that he wants to, for you to accomplish wherever you might be in that time. You know, we think about Paul again, and we think about how he was so cared for by the churches and by specific people who... For without them, he could have never done what he did. 
And so you have a great calling upon your life. And we're excited. And, you know, we've honestly, we've known from day one that you have felt strongly about your calling towards pastoring. And so we sort of celebrate this with you. And we kid around about the fact that we're not going to talk to you any longer. (laughs) But that's not true either. And we're just excited about what God is doing. Now, in just a few moments, I just want you to reflect back, though. What are some of the standout things that have happened, standout issues you've talked about, the standout things that have convicted your own heart as you've gone through this experience of In Doubt? Yeah, I mean, if this is your first time listening to In Doubt, it's quite a, <laughs> quite a conversation to hear. Uh, in Doubt really does exist to bring the gospel to the relevant issues of life and faith that we face every day. So when I considered the past four years, I've really had the experience of diving into issues that I probably wouldn't have if I wasn't here which is huge. It's amazing. I mean, we have talked deeply and seriously about very dark issues, things like sexual abuse. We've talked about things like mental health. We've talked about things like sexuality and transgenderism. And uh, we've talked about really practical things like Christian dating. It was a privilege that I had. I got to lead some resources on Christian dating while I was dating my now wife, which is so important, and things like that, and alcohol and marijuana. Very practical, but also very theological at the same time. I think one of the highlights very generally is the fact that I've been able to talk to some of these experts about these issues to learn how do we live uh, a gospel-centered life when we are coming up to these things. And as a young adult, the changes, we've talked a little bit at the beginning about the different transitions you, you make as a young adult, but the, the changes, I mean, of leaving your house and going to university and college, you are going to face some of these issues face to face, like right there. And if you have no idea how the gospel and your faith applies to those things, then you can easily just get swept up in those things. Some of the highlight conversations I'll just say is my times talking with Steve Kim about worldviews, talking with Tim Mackey from the Bible Project on why study the Bible, talking with Mark Ward about Bible translations, talking to Chris Martin, who's an author about social media to the glory of God, Dr. Sam Chan, who's an author, and talking about, you know, evangelism in a skeptical age. So many amazing things. Meeting the people that I've met, working with this team, it's all been so good. And all those conversations, a little bit of an advertisement here, are still available Absolutely. at indo.ca, <laughs> and you'll want to check those out because uh, I know I've listened to many of them, and they're really incredible conversations. And what also is incredible, I think, is you've introduced to our audience incredible people that just want to serve the Lord and have incredible expertise and people you can trust. And so we've been grateful for that. Well, you know what? We're coming to the end of our program, and actually I'm going to leave it to you to conclude the program for the last time. But I have to say thank you so much. Thank you for what you've done. You've created such an incredible foundation for this ministry, and we know that you will be missed. But let me assure you that it's not the last thing you'll hear from Isaac Dagno. We're going to hold on tightly to him participating in some way as a representative and ambassador for In Doubt, and we look forward to that. But thank you, Isaac. Thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I can say that right back to you, Ben. And for those listening... I will miss, you know, being here every single week, being able to talk to you. And and really, I, I've said this many times, I am not the expert when it comes to all of the different issues. I've had the great privilege to talk with 
as Ben has just said, many people around the world, the body of Christ, my brothers and sisters in Christ, about some of these issues. I will miss the team here. I look over here and I see Chris, who is our audio engineer, seeing his face every week for many hours as well. It's been so good, but it's been such a blessing being able to bring to you, our listeners, the most important story in the world, the gospel, into the many stories that we have to face every single day. And like Ben said, I, I'm going to continue on uh, here as a, you know, as an ambassador, as a, as a person here to support this ministry. And my wife and I will obviously be in prayer for all of you listeners and also for this ministry that God will use it for his glory. Yeah, we should say we have some exciting plans for Endowed moving forward. And Isaac, you've laid the foundation for what is going to happen in the days ahead. So be looking forward to hearing new announcements of what's going to transpire as we move forward. God has a great thing in store. What a great blessing it is to serve him. Awesome. See you later. That was Ben Lowell. Well, you heard it in the conversation, but I'll say it once more. Uh, God has called me, Isaac, from this ministry into another. It's been so fun and meaningful to have led and hosted In Doubt for these past four years, and I'm excited for what's to come and, and actually what's to come for In Doubt as well. Now, if you've been or currently are a financial supporter for In Doubt, let me just say thank you. Seriously, without your generosity and dedication to this ministry, I wouldn't have been able to do what I've done at Indoubt for these past four years. However, the ministry continues. You know, there's more to be done, and what needs to be done depends on consistent financial assistance because things cost money. I don't know if you may or may not know, but everything we produce at Indoubt, we create, market, print, is given to listeners and whoever for free. So if you'd be interested in helping Indoubt in its next chapter of ministry to young adults, then prayerfully consider making a donation. And when you think of donations, people sometimes think of lofty amounts, like $1,000 and things like that. Donations can be as simple as $5. So I don't know what your capacity is, but if you feel called to, whether it's $5 or 5,000, wherever, I just ask that you think about the potential opportunity of supporting this ministry. Anyways, you can call us at 1-800-663-2425 or click the donate button and follow the simple instructions at indoubt.ca if you live in Canada or indoubt.com if you live in the States. Also, another important thing for you to do is connect with us online. Indoubt's on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We post every week's conversation on those platforms and really want to see discussion and conversation taking place. If you just search In Doubt on Facebook and then In Doubt Show on Twitter and Instagram, you're going to find us there. Also, if you know of a topic that you think we should talk about and, and a guest that would be good for us to interview, tell us. You can direct message us on one of those social media platforms or email us at hello at indoubt.com. Speaking of this, we just got an email from a listener who lives in Sweden, which is awesome. So if you are, if you are one of our Swedish listeners... Let me just say thank you, and uh, I'm happy that you're you're listening, and that's awesome. Anyways, we got a got an email from a guy in uh, in Sweden suggesting to us a number of names that he would love for us to get a hold of these people, and also some topics as well. And it's interesting that he found us through one of the episodes that we uh, had a conversation we had with Drew Dixon uh, from Game Church on video games. And if you want to listen to that one, it's episode 13, so a long time ago. Uh, we talked about video games and Christianity. If you're interested in that, like our friend from Sweden, then definitely check that out on our site. And lastly, if you've been impacted at all through the ministry of In Doubt, 
um, then we would love to hear about it, but not just sent to us, actually put on our iTunes review page. I don't know about you, but when I'm looking at a book, I'm really interested to check out the endorsements. I want to know what people have been saying about it. So the same goes for reviews as well. So if you'd like to do this, then we'd love for you to review our show on iTunes and rate it. That would be super, super helpful. So thanks in advance for doing that. Well, I'm Isaac, and for the last time, I'll say both thank you so much, and this is In Doubt. In Doubt Ministries exists to bring a biblical perspective into the relevant issues of life and faith that young adults face every day. For more information, check out indoubt.ca if you live in Canada, and indoubt.com if you live in the U.S. 